Nicole. This is Daniel. And this is Jean. And this is a podcast to magically disappoint your parents. Especially with this topic. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We're bringing back the, the, the main intention of this podcast out here. Um, I wanted Wait, to share. Okay, I have a question about. Um, yeah, sh- go oh, ahead. sorry. I have sure. a question about that. Are we disappointing our parents or are our parents disappointing, disappointing us? <gasps> Trick <gasps> questions. Hang on to that question out here. <laughs> it probably is both. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's normal. Um, some announcements, everyone. It's getting real hot and heavy in the Patreon, so you don't want to miss out. Um, things to come on our. Wait, let me give you the website. She shows her boobs. Yes. Uh, Or maybe a nip slip. Who knows? You'll only find out if you sign up on Patreon. (laughs) Patreon.com slash Bruja Baddies. Um, I know you really, really want to see that. But also, maybe there's some things you really, really want to hear, which is perhaps our long-awaited episode of Past Lives. Who knows? You'll only find out if you sign up. Juicy, I know. Um, So our last episode was uh, summer catch-up part two because we just can't get enough of each other and we had some fan mail from Marikar if you remember uh, her from a <laughs> from a former episode out here uh, she wrote under uh, one of the many cool photos that uh, Armina took of us because we're cutie patooties um, so she wrote it's definitely been a summer of growing pains and self-care the later is a topic we don't discuss enough of in the Filipinx community Ain't that the truth? I think folks are starting to talk about it, but it's like fake, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it's monetized. That's it from announcements. (laughs) That's it? Are you sure? Well, yeah. (laughs) 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 Okay, let's do a check-in then. Daniel, set it off. Okay, (laughs) hi. Um, so my AP English classes are like finally going, mm-hmm. um, but some of my students are dropping, um, like the AP English classes. And I think that has that, like, that says something about like the, the school culture, mm. about like rigor and, and stuff. But anyways, um, what I've been doing in those classes, um, is that I'd be building up like the student's confidence okay. um, because the school has kind of like instilled, like. Uh, like learned helplessness and reliance like over reliance on teachers um, to the point that like they'll ask me a question when literally I have just stated it it's mm-hmm. on the board their classmates know what we're doing and it's like if it's a clarification question that's different but if you just ask literally what I have just answered for mm-hmm. you like there's something there's something not here um so I've been building up confidence um teaching them some critical thinking and also just like independence and self-reliance um, and being able to ask each other for help. Um, Those are important. Why. That's important. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. We're still week four out of like 5 million. So we'll see. Um, <laughs> I've also been decluttering. Um, so my partner and I have been like putting clothes in um, like a garbage bag to like to donate because they're either too old or too small or anything. Um, but now we have a lot of space in our closet. Thank God. Or at, at least like more space. Um, this one's kind of sad, but not really. I haven't been reading. That's fair. Um, I can't pinpoint the reason. Like I, 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 I don't like, I don't know why. 
like I get emails every day about like these are books that you might be interested in. And I'm like, mm. yeah, I'll put that on my list. But then like my list just keeps growing because I'm not checking any of them off. Mm. Um, I it may just be like a season of like like I have no interest to read. Um, but I just hope that I get back into it. I think it's really cool self-awareness, you know, uh, you're like, wait a minute, this thing that I love, instead of being, I hear all the time when it comes to hobbies, it's like, yeah, whatever. I just don't have time to care or love it or any, you know what I mean? Just like, yeah, just tossing the value of it. So I think that's really cool that you're like, hey, I'm checking a self-inventory. Fucking need to read, you know? I have a a question about two things. Um, So about that, uh, you haven't been reading, do you think it's, maybe because you started the school semester (laughs) well there's that too um and I think like I'm getting um reading done by reading the things that I'm Mm, teaching like work reading like work reading Mm -hmm. so Um, not leisure reading not leisure Leisure. so like once again do you think it's because you're back in school yeah I think that's it (laughs) Uh, or like and I mean you talked about like you have some students that need a little more help. Yeah. I think my focus is directed towards them rather than like my own, like, I think like in a sense, like I've substituted teaching and like make sure my students understand what's like happening in class. That has become my focus rather than like, I I find more joy in that and seeing like like their eyes glow up because they're doing something um, rather than just like, I'm going to read for my own pleasure because like, honestly, at the end of the day, I'm just tired. Mm. Right. So I'm, I'm not like asking you to like, I don't know. I just hope that like my, my impact didn't like, Oh no, 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 no. Like I, of my, yeah. my, and I guess like my intention was like, cause you said, I don't know why. And I'm like, bitch, we know why. <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Yeah. There's that's, that's where it is. Um, and then my follow-up question yes. about your students, um, like, have, I wonder if, like, the asking a question as soon, like, or, like, right after you've talked about it, like, I wonder if that has anything to, to, to anything to do with, like, anxiety? Yeah. Um, yeah. I would, I would say that, too. Um, my students also are a like if some students like ask a question, um, they're afraid that like they're afraid that they're asking like a stupid question or quote quote stupid question. Right, right. And it's like again, like sometimes you don't need to ask when the answer is right in front of you, or like mm-hmm. you have people around you. Um, but most of the time, like asking questions for them, I think that. Um, they think that it's like a sign of weakness or like a sign of like just inadequacy yeah Yeah. when it's honestly just like if there's really a question that you cannot answer right now ask it communicate that to me that's a real thing uh I'm seeing that in my own classroom they don't ask at all during class and there's like 20 people after class wanting to each ask me a question so yeah that's it's a trend yeah okay I thought you meant like in your classes and not just your classroom because we definitely touched on that in one of my courses mm-hmm. that um what my professor teaches I think also teaches high school or mm-hmm. maybe teaches a, a or an undergraduate class mm-hmm. and um they definitely talked about how like 
there's a generation of youth that do not want to ask questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I can definitely resonate with like, uh, yeah, I don't want to ask a question because it's like going to single me out as someone who doesn't know anything. Mm, but yeah. like, I think I'm, you know, I'm old. So I like don't care <laughs> to a certain point. <laughs> but I think that like these like younger students just um, uh, like there there is this like um, unwillingness to look weak, like vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. But and that someone mentioned in my class that like, uh, they're willing to ask all the questions to like the people who are closest to them or the people mm -hmm. who they're most comfortable around. And I, and we were just like hypothesizing, like, is this a res like a result of living in like an internet technology where it's like, you have, you have the tools to, um, like get answers, but it's like, what are you going to do if like, you can't, <laughs> find them <laughs> just by like click 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 yeah um I think, I think also like uh just even like the anxiety of, of like asking a question probably not paying attention to what you just said yeah I mean there's that too definitely yeah. um I think there's it's also a comment on like uh it may be I'm not sure if it is but like it may be a comment on just students not understanding what independence or like self-reliance means because like self-reliance also means that like okay I could find the answers myself what does that mean oh maybe I have to ask a question or like maybe I have to talk to my peers about it um because sometimes like so my students sit in groups and I mix up like the people so like they're not just talking with people that they're like familiar with and even then like if they're sitting in like the groups that like they're not familiar with but they know that like, oh, that, that classmate's a high, like high level writer, nothing. Mm -hmm. They just like, they just like get into like their yeah. shell. And I'm it's like, so sad. like, I, so I sad. want you to talk because like, you know, that this person knows what's happening. Ask the question. Mm -hmm. We had this weird um, questionnaire that Jean and I had to do for going back to for like being new grad students yeah and one of them was like who what's the order of asking oh I fucking hate that question when you have this uh when you have a question and it gave like it faculty like your faculty yeah. advisor that's um, the one I chose your, your direct your like the, chair, the professor your, yeah yeah or the chair. <laughs> or like it just had all these things and it was and I think the correct um, like order of operations was like a classmate yeah uh your instructor yeah and then like your faculty advisor and then the the chair mm -hmm. or something and it was just like um and Jean was like I fucking hate this if I wanted to ask what did you say you were like if I want to know the answer I'm gonna go right to the source yeah 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 definitely but I think it's like a, a chain of command thing and mm -hmm. I this makes this reminds me of a time in undergrad where uh like someone in the McNair program was like 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 one of the faculty was like yeah I'm definitely open for like questions or whatever and so like people took that literally and so yes. they would be like asking this like director all these like little questions hilarious but I guess maybe it's just because I'm used to hierarchy <laughs> but yeah. I'm like no chain of command y'all
<laughs> anyway, thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we kind of massaged that out because there is a state of affairs on these things. Yeah. Uh, and we're only kind of seeing or scratching the surface of that. So, yeah. Um, updates on me. China, China live uh, a better life than I did in undergrad being 13 years out of school. So uh, trying to be on top of my homework game this semester. I was working on my paper before before uh, recording today. Um, but do I know how to do APA? Absolutely not. But here, here we go, YouTubes. Here we go. Um, also, thanks. Last week, um, which will probably be a weird week and not really the last week when this airs, but um, it was Two Cultures, One Family at the Barrick Museum. Got to see a reunion of sorts of folks that uh, we hung out with in IGS and even activist spaces like the Center for Social Justice and the SU at the time. So it was really nice. Everyone's off to their own thing. So um, it's nice to be in one space for content that is not typically in those types of spaces. Nicole knows this. Um, so shout out Dr. Erica Abad, who we get to say is our friend and colleague. Uh, so thank you to everyone who showed up that day and everyone who will show up. It's up till January of next year on the 28th. And I really, really love um, dumplings. So I'm trying to master making shomai. Um, it's really therapeutic to fold those little flaps of rice paper. Um, yeah, I just, I, and I think it's, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool that maybe one day I could pass on <laughs> making shomai to somebody um me yes <laughs> i would love to know how to make shumai <laughs> um and i've had two other people ask me too so um yeah a uh, real trial and error i tried to load this one with a lot of shiitake mushrooms and it was good but it still didn't have a good consistency but we're getting there y'all we're getting there you know you can't you're not gonna master that in like a couple sessions no no I not at all it's a, it's my, it's my, uh, it's my minor in show my making. <laughs> yes. Honestly, I can't <laughs> wait to see how, um, stitch learns yeah. how to fold a shumai <laughs> as not having thumbs. That's going to be such a challenge for him, but I look forward. Yes. To that he's carrying on our, our family, uh, recipe together. Your legacy. <laughs> he has like a show my food truck and everything. Um, oh my gosh you have to draw that I will oh no our pets having jobs that's terrible no um, it'll be a communal a communal yeah. uh, shomai giving uh, truck for everyone in this world who needs shomai um, <laughs> <laughs> Nicole how's your week oh my gosh what a great time to be alive if you're an anti-imperialist that's on social media because <laughs> let me tell you uh black twitter irish twitter um basically any uh twitter group that's been colonized by uh, the british monarchy really had a field day and it was really beautiful <laughs> to see that play out um and also kind of disheartening to see people like yeah really play respectability politics and it's like oh how dare you that's racist um <laughs> and then also to see filipino twitter get in on it uh you know i had no idea um that the 
I, I guess like the equivalent to like the Philippine attorney general is literally the same man from the Marcos mm -hmm. uh, dictatorship. Uh, he's 98. Wow. So there's a lot of like really funny memes about him outliving Lola Z. Lizzie wow Maguire. job security for that guy um yeah. I mean job security by way of like corruption yeah, <laughs> yeah like he worked, he worked for BBM's daddy and then he got real like I guess he just got sworn in I gotta look I this guy up his name is like oh gosh it starts with an e this is just like how ignorant I am I just <laughs> and I just saw it on Twitter and um yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. Wait, <laughs> name? Um, Edilberto Ernesto. Uh, uh, starts with an I think his last name his apellido starts with an E. Let me look at my my Twitter, um, because it for sure was. <laughs> oh, and then people were also doing summoning circles for Imelda. Like, bitch, you're next. <laughs> it's just like it's so beautiful. It is just like the joy of. Is seeing like a symbolism of like your de like your dehumanization just like perish, and like it's not to say that these systems aren't gonna go anywhere, but at least that one person is gone. Um. So on Reddit, because that's my only social media, um, I've been seeing a lot of like like Black Twitter's reaction too, oh, so and great. most of them are about like princesses die. Yes, <laughs> and I'm just mm. like. Mm, this is tasty but also like literally well, someone just died well, I mean but like maybe Queen Elizabeth had Diana killed like there's like there's that whole thing so it's like oh Diana's gonna be up in heaven <laughs> saying oh you think you're coming in here also no corgis in hell so sorry um <laughs> and real and and really is the name oh gosh so ignorant and really i looked that up um yeah i he's like 98 can Damn. you believe that oh my god but yeah there's some good senator juan ponce and relay but i think now he's like the um i guess like an attorney general out there he's basically i think he's basically like the president's attorney um yeah, he's still doing cases that's crazy i mean as well oh i mean like like and what cases it's like they're like <laughs> anything that's like uh I, I guess like under a democracy would have been investigative it's like people are just getting killed for like yeah still. you know so it's like okay so i get just chilling i guess anyway so <laughs> you know <laughs> great holiday yesterday um <laughs> also i went to my very first play <gasps> a couple of weekends ago at the smith center wait did we see the same show um we went to hades town me too wow you're Where'd both you sitting like a row from did each other on friday no i went on a sa sunday you went on a sunday oh, we <laughs> on friday um and because a good friend jenna of the show is a big theater dork and um had me and Heather watch Hayes Town the um Tiny Desk concert. And I was like, yeah, this is cute. This is cute. I think I want to go see it. Um and so when I saw it pop up at the Smith Center, I was like, should we go see it? And then Heather was like, yeah, let's go. And 
honestly, I'm a theater gay now. I really, wow. that was that part of my queerness that was missing. It's so terrible. You like, leveled there's up. No, there's <laughs> no like missing part of being queer. It's just, I'm just being facetious. Um, Cause I'm not into like Hamilton. I'm not into it. I, you know, like I, I don't want to see the Book of Mormon. Like I, I think it's funny as like someone who was raised LDS, uh, but like, I just don't have any interest in seeing that, but Hayes town was really fucking dope. Like our seats were really high up. So we got a really good view of <laughs> the set and to see like the mechanics of the set was mm. really cool. And then also this traveling cast is like black and brown as fuck. Really? So it was really amazing to see that. Jenna was a little like bummed out that <laughs> I switched out the, cause I think she had seen the previous cast and um ours just made a lot of sense out here so mm-hmm. and there's all there's a pin eye on um oh yeah like I did a whole like not a whole entire like Filipino theater wormhole because that's like that's very I mean there is a wormhole right like there's a very uh like Filipino to Broadway pipeline <laughs> of like certain actors like Salonga mm-hmm. Conrad Rigamora. Mm-hmm. Um, but I gosh, I cannot think of the name of our actress that was at our Hades town. Um, but she, I guess, would I don't know if she, if she would consider herself as transracial, but she's a Filipino who was raised by white people mm-hmm. in Michigan. Um, and oh, that's why she had a white last name. Yes, I thought okay. at first I thought it was like oh are you just got like a white dad or something <laughs> uh yeah so she's she was adopted um and I guess was like recently ish came to like really understand her Filipino identity mm-hmm. and it was from doing um the one play about Japanese internment <laughs> like you know what I'm talking about I think George Takei might have it was his thing I know Leia Salonga was in it um I think I think that her being in that show like helped her um there's a whole there was an article that she like an op-ed piece um but it's like a beautiful thing to see and uh, she plays the accordion she learned how to play the accordion for Hades Town. wow so, so rare and she's tiny so like the accordion is very much like half her body so it was really, I mean, if y'all have an opportunity to see Hayes Town, I definitely suggest it. It's beautiful. And um, I don't know, like, I, I guess now I'm like, well, what are we going to go see now? <laughs> so you know how I found out she was Filipino? Mm. Like, just by the sound, like the timbre of her voice. See, I, th- I thought it was just her first name. <laughs> what was her first Wait, name? Like, I got, I- let me, let me look. I'm so sorry. I didn't even really expect to talk about her because I definitely forgot all about this. All right, let's do some little ASMRs right here. <laughs> oh, wait, I could also get my um, my playbill. Your playbill. And that's another thing that's also really interesting is that the playbill at the Smith Center is like a legit, like big-sized um, <laughs> magazine instead right. of like the little zine-sized yeah, ones. Um. Um, and then also I did not like really know much about this uh, Orpheus and Eurydice's 
know. So you don't have to have a, a literary background to understand. Not a literary and not like a, a, a an intense knowledge of like Greek mythology or whatever. <laughs> you don't have to. Even little old, little old ding dong me. My computer's taking a long time. <sighs> it's okay. You know, it's, there's something about like a Mercury and a shadow or something. <laughs> Is it Shay mean, Renee? Yes. Yes. So I think maybe the Shay part me off because I was thinking about Shay Mitchell (laughs) I don't know why (laughs) but uh yeah what a great let me close this anyway so I'm a a theater gay now love that I I definitely want to go see um I don't know I don't think that'll it'll come out here within the next few years but uh that that really hot one right now, uh, a strange loop. Um, I don't know if y'all heard of that. I found out about a strange loop through just Instagram. <laughs> uh, it's a play about a a an usher, a theater usher who's named Usher, <laughs> and uh, he's a a fat black gay man, and it's like semi autobiographical about his. Um, his experience being an usher at a theater at the theater and okay, like cool. um his his like inner thoughts are a, a chorus and I think he has a song on it called like inner white woman or something it just like it uh it's like very much feeds into like my my love of like queer media and like AUs and fan fictions it's like mm-hmm. you created your own AU through this play yeah. which is it's like hell, hella meta, but, um, you know, I'm also very, uh, I'm struggling with, uh, being in grad school for sure. Even though it's been like two weeks, it feels we, like forever <laughs> and we had the holiday. So we only were in class like two times this week, but, uh, I am getting a lot of things mixed up because I have the same people in a lot of my classes Mm. so I'm getting like schedules mixed up and due dates mixed up and I for sure like am utilizing the DRC on campus Mm. um and I I think I already outed myself as like the classroom radical because of a discussion (laughs) post um so I'm just and if anything it like that taught me to uh like no one's fighting with me or anything like that I think it's just also it's just awkward now like (laughs) when we see each other in the classroom uh or maybe I'm thinking I'm seeing things that aren't there but uh I am this is an opportunity for me to learn how to readjust my energy output Mm -hmm. so like you know I am upset at the foundations of the profession that we're studying it's like rooted in job placement and like we're not really talking about like the like what does it mean to be placed in a certain type like a white collar versus blue collar versus pink collar job um but I guess that's not that is not the space for me to really interrogate that (laughs) like let me just get through learning these foundations and this legislative history and um let me just let me just get through that I for sure was like had a crisis last night about it like I was crying to Heather like I don't know if I want to 
continue doing this? Um, and I was even asking her, like, how, how do you balance, like, mm. working with, like, uh, underrepresented and, like, disadvantaged people mm-hmm. when, like, the system that you work around is, does not, like, if anything, it, like, uh, like, oppresses them even more. Um, and Heather um, reminded me that, like, if, like, the majority of our of like the people that um, are in this profession, if they're, if a majority of them are like capitalist and like mm-hmm. pro-police state and like don't check their like biases um, or like their own like racism, like then there is a greater need for uh, people who do engage in that kind okay. of work. Okay, I love it okay, fine. Yeah. Maybe I do need to do this. (laughs) So yeah. Let me just, let me just get a higher prescription. (laughs) (laughs) And let me just, I I have to like really take off my, um, critical, my critical snapback. Also like, I don't know, Jean, maybe you can attest to this. Like we are really spoiled by like, professors and having a lot of like radical professors and small like, classrooms much smaller class sizes um or just having five. yeah you know having professors who off the bat will acknowledge like yeah this is a fucked up system and then mm-hmm. like go forward with the curriculum but like there are no there are no questions that like your professors know that parts of this history are like dehumanizing and um maybe I don't know um can I add to that uh so you know I I really don't want you to pull back I I think that there's ways to strategize still relaying the thing um yeah that's all I I will say on that I have to work within the rubric (laughs) and not go and not go off topic because also like if you're like an ADHD bitch like I'm I'm gonna hyper focus on that and it's to my own detriment because it's like okay I'm mad about this thing but I'm so mad that I can't finish the reading and I can't submit the thing on time you know mm. so it's like like it's part ADHD and it's part like racial battle fatigue and it's part mm-hmm. like it's, it's a lot of things it's layered yeah yeah Wait, so Nicole, um, like when you were talking about your situation, it kind of reminded me of like when Lord said that like na- the master's stools will never dismantle like the master's house um, mm-hmm. or like mansion or whatever. Um, but I also feel like part of like that dismantling has to do with like, like not necessarily radical, but just like out of the box thinking. Like if you can't, if you can't dismantle the house with the tools that are in the master's house, Go from the outside. I mean, like, you just have to bulldoze the house. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but, right. but right. like, um, I think just, like, for the realistic purposes of, like, getting through this degree, like, I think I have to tone it down. Also, just for, like, my own um, energy, you know? Because, mm, yeah. like, we have, we have so much other, like, and I'm, and I find myself doing this in spaces that, like, are not open to this exploration so I did it in fandom 
and I I didn't really do it around Asian politics like Asian and politics because like I wasn't really in it like Jean is was like my interrogation was mostly like passive aggressive on social media <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, I saw this pushback or like just this, my energy, like I would just like really be invigorated to like, not quite fight, but just be like, what, what the fuck y'all? Like, is no one else, um, noticing this pattern or whatever? Um, and because of that resistance, like I just, or this unwillingness to accept, like, I guess like our culpability in being oppressors or our potentials to be oppressors like I learned to like or I grew to resent these spaces and I don't want to do this with like a future career um Mm. and so I think like learning how to um like leverage my expertise in a profession um and with my like personal philosophy of like you know, advocating for people. I think like that's what that's what I have to learn in order to like thrive mm-hmm. and to help and to like help other people thrive. Um, and the, the I will say like, and I don't think I give Jean or Gina enough. I don't think I tell y'all enough how much I love y'all because cozy is just a space where like I don't have to fight. You know, yeah. like I don't have to. I don't have to like convince y'all like hey this is fucked up (laughs) or uh like no one's we're we're not fighting each other on anything Mm -hmm. like in organizing so um like the energy that I would put towards like oh you really think that this like a modern version of uh job placement in high schools is not like replicating the same fucked up racist shit from back then like that kind of energy like (laughs) I can just transform it into doing something uh greater I guess with my with my time like with cozy Mm. so like I I think this is going to be a big it's just a a multi-layered learning experience grad school right it makes me think about the difference and similarities of both spaces right you know they're healing spaces but they also have different modes to get there so like cozy is a healing space driven by manifesting joy and sometimes people leave the things they want to on paper and then we are in graduate school which is like rigor equals worth you know and it's like uh have to be in grad school to engage in a a profession of healing that's like worthy of money exchange you know it's like and there's all these parameters of like licensure and like um all this stuff is it like and it's like driven by laws like federal and state laws so it's like nothing nothing that is like overseen through like the state is gonna have like a decolonized uh right healing I think that's why I think that's why coaching exists in kind of a counter to counseling because of the amount of overhead and profits they're making off people who want to help people you know so 
it's a like a double-edged sword because it's like sounds like a pyramid have, scheme <laughs> well yeah you have people you have people who engage in facilitating healing work but they're really just like bleeding you of money mm-hmm. and you're not actually like maybe they're just gaslighting you into shit right. um like it is very much a double-edged sword like the whole um like national uh like accreditation and right I mean, I understand the ethics of like trying to make sure, you know, people are safe. The people who serve them are safe. But at the same time, it's like, this is a time old tradition where we profit off the good intentions of people, you know, maybe that'll be my discussion post. Oh shit. You know, you know, we think about like teachers, right? Like teachers want to educate to help the future. Exactly. They also go through a set of licensures and not enough compensation. Professional development that you have to pay. Right. Continuing ads and education credits. And it's like at some point, all this overhead is keeping an adult who needs to help a child. They're creating these barriers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, even like the curriculum that you can and can't teach or like right. the um like standardized testing that you have to get done. Right. Like it's right. like our like our professions have like overlap and stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. So my my huge thing to to like put a book in on this uh check in is that um it you know, with all like the types of shootings that happen and all this stuff, a great national conversation is like, well, we need to up mental health and we need to up mental health. And when I was reading the chapter on the amount of policies and the amount of umbrella organizations, I was like, this is what's happening to the people who are trained to do that in school systems. Their labor is also distributed into leadership positions, into overhead, into, you know, into policymaking that the student is not served or it's minimized. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, the means are here. The overhead is redonkulous, you know? I um, mean, that's what I was yeah, saying. Or even, that. Yeah. Ugh, I can't believe it's gonna be a Patreon, and this is why we're not in a class together. <laughs> Probably, because because you know we would just be looking at each other like side of the. Right. I, I already, yeah, yeah. I already, I don't have a poker face. <laughs> Thanks for letting me. God gave us big eyes for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I swear we have like some of the biggest eyes I've seen. Um. And especially like uh like when we wear glasses, they're like magnified because we all have like high index. Like... <laughs> um anywho, speaking of money, what are we talking about today, Daniel? Wait, well, we're gonna talk about Peracase. <laughs> um have you ever been in a conversation among other Filipinos about income only to be followed up with a question about your profession? which we kind of just talked about. Are you guilty <laughs> of or have been given unsolicited, uh, unsolicited, oh my God, I am an English teacher, <laughs> unsolicited financial advice? Have you observed your parents or elders give away money they don't Listen, have? English, English is a colonizer language, so like, don't beat yourself up. You're right. Debt, pagpapautang, or land, remittance, and income are all key terms in our culture about money. So today, what we're going to do is uncover some wounds, maybe <laughs> dig at them a little bit when it comes to understanding, navigating, and obtaining money. My, my, my. 
BBH. Um, <laughs> like I, I like when when Jean talked about like okay, which topic do we want to talk about? And I was just like, I don't want to talk about money, but like we got to talk about money. Yeah, <laughs> I think we got to talk money because you don't talk about money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. With that being said, uh, let's get started. What? kinds of money conversations happen in your home growing up or do you have any money memories that stick out from your upbringing um I think I want to also start with like what is a money wound mm-hmm. uh, um so I I did it because I'd only heard about it through like other um like through our friends when they talk about like oh uh yeah I spent so much money at blah 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 but because I wanted to buy this thing and then Mm -hmm. someone will say bitch that's money wounds and Mm -hmm. so I was like what um and so I think the term money wound comes from um a coach um I don't know why but like when you said money wounds all I could think of was um I don't gotta dance I make money wounds (laughs) (laughs) Cardi B okay there is book uh, I think it has to do with like scarcity mentality but um there's a book by April Harmon Dr. April Harmon called Money Wounds a 28 day devotional to healing your financial trauma and Dr. April Harmon has a PhD an MBA and is a LCSW is that a license Local social social worker. worker. Yes. Um, and so she's like a, a, a business social work person. Um, but yeah, so that's like that's what a money wound is, right? Financial trauma. Daniel, you asked what kind of money <laughs> conversations. Okay, I think mostly my money conversations around that, that I can remember or my money memories are that like. I'm bad at it. Like I'm bad at saving money. I'm, I'm bad at spending money. Like basically my parents just like did not teach me how to budget. They taught me how to balance a checkbook, but they didn't teach me how to like live within my means really. Mm. Um, and then they definitely instilled the belief that like personal success and happiness is going to be dependent on my potential to bring home mm. or like what kind of potential I have in income, bringing home mm-hmm. income. And that like has really fucked me up in so many ways that like, it's probably like the biggest thing that I work on in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like mirror my dad's money habits too, but not to the same point where like, I don't get sucked into MLMs or like, <laughs> I don't, um, I'm not into get rich quick schemes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, my mom is fiscally sensible, but she doesn't have any real financial power in that relationship. So you're breaking generational curses by not falling into MLMs. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, what is academia but an MLM, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, my family didn't talk about money either in front of us kids. So I did always sense like this tension, you know, that's when they like fell into talking in Tagalog, you know, and, you know, uh, at the time it was called financial infidelity. I didn't know at the time, um, you know, like spending without kind of like really consulting each other. Um, And so... Yeah, my dad liked to spend and my mom was a super saver. And so when they would agree on spending, it'd be like on designer stuff, like, you know, purses, shoes and clothes. So sometimes uh, sending or lending money to people in the Philippines also created tension. You know, it like you can just um, whenever they say para, you know, like I'm like, oh, it, it has to be something, um, even though, you know, they're nurses and that's like a status of wealth in our culture it's not always like super picture perfect. Like, you know, my parents along with their nursing peers were caught in like this narrative that um, they should overspend because they're making greater money than people at home, but it got them in like really sticky situations. And my dad was like in a very treat yourself mentality. And my mom was like, give everything to my kids. So it's still like super spendy, but in in, like different things. Um, And so I would say we're financially privileged, but also on the other side of that coin, it was like hard-earned money during super duper overtime, the way that it broke their bodies. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the money relationship in our home. Um, for me, I had to kind of like take this in two different directions because in the Philippines, like my family never really talked about money. And like I lived with my with my mom's parents. So like my maternal grandparents um, and like, we all lived together, like we were provided for, we had food, we had a roof over our, like, roof over our heads. Um, there, I know that there was, like, money coming in, because, like, my grandmother, she ran Karenderia. Uh, Are y'all familiar? Um, so it's, like, um, like a pop-up shop, like, pop-up restaurant at, like, at our house. Um, my grandfather was a police officer. My mom would get, like, my dad's remittances from abroad. So, like, in a sense, I guess, like, we were financially privileged. Um, we moved from house to house until we um, found a place where, like, all of the grandchildren, all of, like, my aunts and uncles, and, like, we all lived in that house. Um, but we were provided for, so we didn't really think about it. Or, like, at least the grandchildren didn't really think about it. And then when I moved to Alaska... Again, still not a lot of conversations, but it started to happen more and more once, like, my mom started getting a job at, like, a Walmart. Because, like, my mom never worked. And then now she's working all the time. I was just like, what's happening here? And then at school, my siblings and I were considered free and reduced lunch. And I'm like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I also remember, like, when we lived from apartment to apartment that we rented, like, we would not, like, eat a big dinner. So that way we have like food the next day. And then as I got older, when I got my first job at the public library, like the money look or the lack of money conversation started to make more sense. And I'm just like, oh, we've got to work for the money for us to be able to provide for ourselves. Like mm-hmm. it's not just like magic, like all of a sudden it's here. Um, like you have to work for it. Um and then like from then, like they've started to, or like my parents have started talking to me about like saving money. Mm. So like that's like been instilled in me, but then spending money is a completely different thing that we didn't really touch upon. Mm. 
Right. Um, thank y'all. Uh, so how do you think that over that impacts your overall relationship with money as someone in their twenties, thirties, and forties? Like the, the three of us are in kind of a different brackets, not that the age matters, but how do you think it's, you know, your overall relationship? Oh, it fucked me up. I'm still fucked up. Mm. Like, uh, <laughs> um, like, uh, a lot of my earliest, um, like romantic relationships like there was always like a like money was always weird in those relationships so like if I um like if I didn't make as much money as my partner um that was like I always felt weird about that and then um I don't know if they felt weird about that also and then so there was like an imbalance in our relationship Mm. um or like uh I've and because of that, like, that made me want to give everything to, like, my partners. So, like, even to the detriment of my my uh, credit score, my bank account, like, I would just, I would give everything just to prove, like, yeah, that, like, yeah. I love them or that I care for them. Like, for real, like, there was definitely, like, some financial, like, abuse happening when I was living in Chicago. Um, Like, my last big relationship, like, I was giving a lot of money <laughs> just to be like um like you sh- you should or like as like a it's like a, my self-worth is like mm-hmm. like you like I sh- um like I am worthy of being treated as like a human because I am giving part of my earnings to you my partner and by extension like your family or whatever um and so like that definitely bled into my marriage um and Heather and I that's like one of the things that we work on in couples therapy is how to talk to each other about money and shout out to our couples therapist who gave us some homework and some worksheets um and we got to like um talk to each other about like what our like money philosophy is or like our beliefs with money um and we're we have very similar beliefs about money but Mm. like it not uh like inherently um putting on like worth on each other because like you know I always felt a type of way about not making as much money as my spouse but it's like I'm in grad school right now Like, like being in grad school is my way of um, being more, I guess, financially, like getting a better job. Um, and so like, I would still like believe like that I wasn't a good partner and there was nothing that Heather would say or do that would make me that, that would like, she didn't think about me that way. Right. So it's like, why am I thinking? Yeah. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about myself that way because of like, how my parents taught me how to view money Mm -hmm. and how they currently view money. And then like my past relationships, how money was like a factor in there. Um, So like, and also we live in a highly capitalistic society. Like it's fucked up. Like, um, yeah. So (laughs) yeah. Um, Before Daniel shares, you raise a good point that money is also a component to mental health. Like it, Yeah. yeah. Thanks for that reminder, Daniel. 
Um, I want to touch upon um, something that Nicole said about like, in a sense, like financial compatibility mm-hmm. in like a relationship. Um, that's definitely like one thing that like I've been thinking about when, um, you know, like on top, like for this topic, because um, like I've been saving money since high school, ever since like I got like that first job. Um, and I've kind of learned to be like economical about like a lot of the things that like mm-hmm. like that I have and that I use like I maximize the things to their capacity like cool I'm gonna cut like a red pepper I'm gonna make sure I cut around like the like the stem part just so I have most of the, the bell pepper mm-hmm. or like I've had the shirt for like 10 years and finally I'm just now getting rid of it or something mm-hmm. um it helped me have like a really good financial foundation um and then like I started saving and like raising credit young. Also, I didn't know how to even like apply for a credit card. So like I did that by myself. Um, and then like once I was like out of the house, my mom kind of gave me like this like opposite advice of how she raised me. She's she told me like money's for spending. And I'm like, but money's for saving? <laughs> like, so it was like a complete disconnect for me. Yeah. Cause like your I'm money is use for you to save and for her to use <laughs> <laughs> um um so like there's again like just a complete disconnect um and then now being in a relationship with someone who like has a has a different relationship with money is also like difficult so I guess like that's mm. where like the financial compatibility is um like we yeah. talk about money but like my not necessarily values I don't know what the best word for it is but like my attitude towards money is different from how like my partner's attitude towards money is but we still talk about and we make sure that like we don't like we have to come to like a an agreement before we even start using anything right and it's like it's difficult because I'm like yeah I have savings but that's like my savings you know right 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 um like stuff like that um like we're still we're still working through it Mm -hmm. um um, but like all in all, just in like in general, like definitely um my relationship with money is like definitely fucked up because mm. of that, like because of that the different opinions, right? Like I want to help, but I want to save. But investing is better, but we need it immediately. Like yeah. what where whichever direction I go, like I either feel shame or I feel ashamed by it or like I like I am shamed for it like it's very confusing wow that's those are all really valid it's like the car ride situation again like that that requirement to find cooperative energy is is an exercise in itself uh yeah they I think just this question alone raises a lot so um let me join the the bandwagon here I'm also not great with money um i am do i need to like forward y'all some of these worksheets (laughs) please uh and put it up on the patreon just kidding or actually Um, let me just encourage y'all to go to compass therapy (laughs) yeah that too (laughs) um so yeah i'm often too generous with my funds when i accrue money um nicole knows this i'm a virgo loving present giver um I'd That's be your love language. It's super that is, is your love touch. language. I feel like I'm the cuter version of Santa Claus most days. Uh, I'd be dipping into my savings every now and then. 
So I think growing up in an abundance mindset, you know, with having my parents raise me and provide for me, I'm in this constant immediate gratification for like newfangled things, like not expensive things, just like, let's cute little hippo. Yes. Sanrio. Hello kitty. You know? Um, And I also don't have like the tendency, like Daniel to, to, to stretch the use of things. Right. Because I'm just like, I don't even know what's, do I need a new pair of socks? Like, I don't know. Um, so my parents have often pointed out that I am not great in any financial position many times because they compare me to them, but I'm also in a lot of ways I learned from them. You know what I mean? So I'm like, what? So it's just singularly my exactly. fault. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're just, we just, uh, we just came from the ground acting like pieces of shit. Um, so, <laughs> so, you oh know, so, so, you know, some days I'm like, oh, they're right. They're right. They're right. I, I, I really am you know, just a ding dong about this. And then other days I feel like they're wrong because like they, I finally did the math between me and my mother. I'm actually, I'm actually making more than her when she was a nurse in, in Guam, but she, you know, we talked about more of that status than the actual number. And so anyway, not that I care. So, but they, they, in their mindset and kind of, I would say a trauma mindset, they're like, because they've lived in secret uh, disparity that they're like, Jean is also secretly in despair. And, you know, sometimes oh I Oh my God. Yes. yes. There's a lot of shame. A lot of shame. not talking about money. But also ever. building community in by building shame. <laughs> but right. isn't there also shame about talking about money? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like so it's much. Like, like it's uh, tacky, but it's like, we need should, it. Shouldn't we be more transparent <laughs> with each other? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's how financial coaches get us. So I'm sure they'll listen to our money wounds and be like, throw us, get in our DMs or something. Um, they probably will. <laughs> they will. Um, they already do, right, Nicole? Um, <laughs> retire early? Anyway, um, I've also <laughs> tried to budget um, Kakebo style. I might be butchering that. It's a Japanese way of understanding budgets because they give their um, kids in elementary school like little budget math notebooks. Um, so they understand fiscal responsibility. Anywho, um, I digress. It was good while it lasted. Cause I was like, this is great. But then the amount of receipts I was getting was giving me anxiety. I was like, Oh man, I fucking up here. And um, so I wouldn't roll out using that little, uh, Kaika style, but, um, you know, I'm not going to apply that pressure on me right now, but yeah, that's, they that's got, me. they got a digital version. They might, you know, they have cute Etsy versions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's gotta be. And that's all for this episode of Bruja Baddies. Come back for part two where we wrap it up.